0: Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well.
1: So I had new neighbors moving across the street from us earlier this year. It was actually right in the height of the lockdown. Um, So our previous neighbors had moved away and their house was on the market for an incredibly short period of time as houses seem to be right now. And so we all of a sudden had new neighbors. And the first time that I met them, I met the husband, Stephen, and I asked him what he and his wife do for a living. Now, Stephen is a professor at Maine Maritime Academy. And he told me that his wife is an epidemiologist who works for the state of Massachusetts. And I said, I said, to him, an epidemiologist. I said, I imagine she's been a little busy lately. And he said, yeah, she's been pretty busy, but he confirmed that also in a way she's kind of thrilled because now she doesn't have to explain to people what she does anymore for a living. You see, everyone now knows what an epidemiologist is. We've also learned what a pandemic is, an aerosolization, and an asymptomatic carrier. I mean, we've learned a host of new words and phrases that we never used before 2020, haven't we? I mean, 2020 has given us so many new words, things that we never even thought to say before this year. But I would venture to guess that the one thing we're sick of saying, and we are sick of doing the most, is social distancing. Social distancing. I mean, seriously, before 2020, did you ever use the phrase social distancing? Did you ever hear the phrase social distancing? But now it's not only a part of our vocabulary, it's a part of our lives. Now, some have correctly observed that it should really be called physical distancing because although persons might remain connected socially through digital means through social media, through video chat. We're asking people to remain physically distant from one another. Well, that's all well and good, but I think you and I know better. We know that the more physically distant you remain from someone else, the harder it is to maintain social connection. The farther away we are physically, the harder it is to remain close socially. And so physical distancing often leads to social distancing. So although the distancing is technically physical, there's an undeniable and unavoidable social distance that results from it, don't you think? Isn't that what we've experienced in social distancing? In physical distancing, that is, a social distance. Now, while this this idea of social distancing, while it's not a phrase we used much before 2020, social distancing is actually a phenomenon that has been around for a long time. You know, what we find is that socially distanced people have always wanted to draw near. When you're socially distanced, for whatever reason, you always want to draw near. And friends, the good news, the gospel, the good news of great joy for all people is that it's for all people, including those who are socially distant. You know, you heard with the readings and the lighting of the first candle today that this is the season of Advent. And Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, meaning coming. And the season of Advent is a time of preparation. We prepare our hearts for the remembering and the celebration of Christ's coming and anticipate His second coming. And and, and in Jesus' first coming, when, when He arrived, when He was born, angels appeared to shepherds. And they declared to those shepherds in Luke chapter 2, they said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Good news, gospel, good news. This good news is good news for all people. And the next four Sundays of Advent, we're going to talk about good news for different groups of people. And today we want to talk about some good news of great joy for those that are socially or spiritually distant." Because while social distancing was not a phrase we used or a practice we seemed to engage much, much before 2020, it's been around a long time, especially when it comes to communicable diseases. You know, it's as actually read for us in today's account, Jesus was on his way from Jerusalem when he encountered 10 lepers, it says. Now, no one's 100 percent sure exactly what disease these men had, because the word that's used here for lepers could refer to a variety of skin ailments, But there is a good chance that these men had leprosy, or what's known today as Hansen's disease. Leprosy was known throughout the ancient world, and it still exists in clusters around the world today. It's a horrible disease, and it's caused by bacteria. It results in sores on the body and the destruction of nerve endings. And so without nerves to protect us from pain or overexertion or heat or cold or other dangers, people with leprosy will literally destroy themselves. Because they'll lose fingers or toes or arms or legs because of overexertion or broken bones that go unnoticed or infections that go untreated. So the ten men that Jesus encountered on that day were probably in a wretched condition. And more than that, friends, they were hopeless. There was no known cure for leprosy. So leprosy was a death sentence that was carried out a little bit at a time. And because it was believed that leprosy was contagious, in order to protect people, that other people, those suspected of having the disease, were to keep socially, thus physically distanced from others. The Jewish law was actually very, very specific when it came to how to treat those with such diseases. Leviticus 13, 45 through 46 says, The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes, let the hair of his head hang loose, He shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Torn clothes, the hair of our head hanging loose. It sounds like how many of us emerged from lockdown in June. You know, the lepers, they were to remain physically distant. It says living alone, dwelling outside the camp. They were to quarantine away from family and friends. And when it says that the lepers were to cover their upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean, they were to wear face coverings or masks. And plus, Leviticus 13 goes on to tell us that anything the leper had touched or contaminated had to be sanitized. It had to be washed. And if that didn't cleanse it, it had to be burned. So, these men had to remain socially distanced, wear a mask, and sanitize whatever they touched and infected. Does that sound familiar? But, friends, the leper's condition was no 14-day quarantine after travel. It was no temporary lockdown. Friends, this was a lockdown that was never going to end. Our social distancing and mask wearing is a temporary inconvenience. Theirs was a life sentence. And along with the physical distance came the inevitable social distance. Lepers were considered not only contagious, but we hear they were considered ceremonially unclean. So as people approached, they had to cover their faces and cry out unclean. So those with leprosy were not just physically distanced, but there was inevitable social distance and there was isolation. These people were unclean and they were untouchable. Now, beyond any COVID-19 restrictions or government mandates, you might have come here today and you might be feeling socially or spiritually spiritually distant. I mean, you might have shown up here today already feeling untouchable. You might have shown up here today and beside any disease, you might feel afraid because of your brokenness or your spiritual sickness. You might showed, have showed up here today afraid that you're going to infect or entangle others in your own spiritual uncleanness, you might have shown up here today longing for what these men longed for, longing for what we all long for, a touch that will end our social distancing. Because every one of us is socially and spiritually distant, every one of us who is socially and spiritually distanced desires to somehow be cleansed and drawn near. We desire beyond hope that we might be able to take off the mask, expose our uncleanness, and rather than being isolated or quarantined, that we might be cleansed. Have you come here today feeling socially or spiritually distant, unclean, irreparably broken, indelibly stained, guilty? Did you come here today, this morning, that you might stand a distance from Jesus like these men did and cry out in the hope that maybe, just maybe, he'll hear and draw you near? Did you come here today hoping that Jesus might be able to end your social and your spiritual isolation? Because that was the hope of these ten lepers. The ten lepers who encountered Jesus on their way to Jerusalem. When they saw Jesus, they did exactly what the law required. We see them stand a distance away. But from that distance, what do they do? They cry out to Him. Now, friends, consider the fact that Jesus approached these lepers at all. Now, maybe they just had nothing to lose, which they really didn't have anything to lose. But maybe, just maybe, stories had gotten to them. Maybe, just maybe they'd heard the stories of Jesus and they knew him to be someone who drew the socially and the spiritually distanced near. Because in his gospel, Luke records story after story of Jesus freely approaching. Uh, and people, and people freely approaching Him and them being received. Jesus brought near those who were distanced. He welcomed those who'd been withdrawn. He included those who were isolated. And I imagine the stories of Jesus and His welcome had to the socially distanced had circulated amongst those who were outcasts like these men. Had circulated to the isolated and the unclean and had given them hope. Had given them hope that Maybe it wouldn't always be. That no matter how distant and unclean they were, Jesus could draw them close. In fact, earlier in this same gospel, Luke recorded an incredible story of Jesus' interaction with a leper. In Luke chapter 5, verses 12 and 13, we read, While Jesus was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and he begged him, Lord, If you will, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Friends, why did Jesus touch this man? Did Jesus need to touch him to heal him? Friends, the fact is Jesus didn't need to touch anyone to heal them. I mean, other places in the Gospels, we witnessed Jesus heal with a word or with a prayer. Or in the case of the ten lepers that Ashley just read for us, friends, he healed them without any visible declaration. He didn't need to touch this man, this leper, so why did he touch him? Friends, in touching this man, Jesus broke every taboo that existed against touching those who were ceremonially unclean. In touching this man, Jesus may have been the first human contact he had had in years. In touching this man, Jesus not only physically healed him, but he began the end of his social isolation. The touch of Jesus brings near the socially distant. The untouchable touched by grace can be cleansed and restored. The good news of great joy for the socially and the spiritually distant is that they can be brought near by the touch of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. This was likely the hope of the ten lepers who encountered Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. It's why in Luke 17, verse 13, it says they stood at a distance and they cried, Jesus, Master, have mercy on Friends, mercy. Mercy is something that's undeserved. Something that's unmerited. Our our English word grateful comes from the the same root as the word grace. So when our lives are grace-filled, we are grateful. And they said, give us grace. Give us a gift. Fill us. And on Thursday, friends, what did we do? We celebrated Thanksgiving. And, you know, our celebrations might not have been as they usually were. The location of the table we sat at or the people around the table or the food on the table, it might not have been as it usually was. But the purpose and the intention of the celebration was the same. Gratefulness. To recognize and confess that our lives are grace-filled, so we should be grateful. What we do have, as little or as much as it is, friends, is all grace. It's all a mercy. That even though we might have had less this year, even though we might not have had the things as we want them this year, it's still more than we deserve. It's still all grace. And were we grateful? Because we've been grace filled. Are we grateful? You see, these ten lepers, they all called out for mercy. They called out for grace. They called out for an undeserved gift. And because of Jesus' goodness, what did he do? He filled their lives with grace. They were grace-filled. And Jesus' response to the lepers in verse 14, Go and show yourselves to the priests. You know, according to Leviticus 13, it was the priest's job to examine the skin disease and determine whether the person was healed or clean or unclean. And it says, as they went, what happened? They were cleansed. So without any fanfare, without any show, Jesus simply healed them all as they went. He gave them exactly what they asked for. Mercy. An undeserved gift. He filled their lives with grace. Their lives became grace-filled. And yet, only one of them was grateful. All of their lives were grace-filled, but only one was grateful. Verses 15 and 16 report, Then one of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Friends, ten lepers raised a loud voice and called for mercy. Only one leper raised a loud voice to cry, thank you. Now, Jesus, who's really good at math because he invented the laws of mathematics, did some quick calculations in his head, and he asks in verse 17, we're not ten cleansed. There's only one here. So where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? All ten of them were great filled So why were they not equally grateful? You know, even more interesting, the one who returned, according to verse 16, was the Samaritan. I mean, you might not have noticed, but when this account opened... It says that Jesus was traveling between Galilee, which is the Jewish territory, and Samaria. And so we find this group of ten lepers was a mixed group. Normally, Jews and Samaritans would never mix. Jesus once was once asked by a Samaritan woman, when, when he asked a Samaritan woman for a drink, she replied in John 4.9, 9, A Samaritan woman said to Jesus, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman from Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. You see, the Samaritans were considered by Jewish people half-breeds. They were persons of Jewish heritage who had intermarried with those of Gentile heritage, so they were considered half-breeds, unclean, cut off and spiritually distant. And yet we find that both these group of lepers was made up both of Jews and of Samaritans, united by their common disease. And what Jesus comment here might indicate is that the nine who did not return were Jews and the one who did return grateful was a Samaritan. So Jesus asks in verse 18, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? You know, while the other nine might have believed that because of their heritage, they somehow deserved to be healed and brought near, this Samaritan recognized the truth. He recognized the truth that we all need to recognize. The Samaritan leper knew he was entitled to nothing. Neither had he done anything to deserve healing, nor did he even have the right lineage. This Samaritan understood just how socially and spiritually distant he had been, just how great a gap Jesus was bridging, just how far Jesus had gone to bring him near. This leper alone recognized the healing for what it was. He had been socially and spiritually isolated, physically, spiritually, and ethnically. Yet Jesus, by grace, had brought him near. He had been grace-filled, and He recognized it. So He was the one who was grateful. Friends, this is the Gospel. This is the good news of great joy for all people. The, great, the good news of great joy for the socially and spiritually distant. Christ has come to bring near the distant and the isolated. And how does He do that? Friends, like these lepers, we are kept separate from God and from one another by our sin and by the contagion of our uncleanness. So Jesus was born that first Christmas that He might touch us in our uncleanness. They might take upon Himself our sin, that He might be infected by our sin and give us healing. As the Lord prophesied through Isaiah, surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon Him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with His wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to His own way. And the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. Friends, Jesus has come to end our social distance by touching us, taking our sin, bearing our shame, being infected by our uncleanness, then dying our death. And rising again to life on the third day. Jesus bore our infection, our sin, into the grave so that now you and I might live. He ended our social distance by touching us and drawing us near. And in bearing the infection of our sin that kept us spiritually distant from God, Jesus made a way that we might draw near to God. And not just to God, but to one another. You see, this Samaritan leper understood just how socially and spiritually distanced he'd been. As a half-breed with Gentile blood cut off by biases and racial animosity and considered too spiritually distant to reach or be reached by God, he was just too lost to be saved, too far gone to be brought home. This leper was not only spiritually distant from God, but physically and socially distant from God's people. But friends, the gospel is good news of great joy for the socially distant. Because the Apostle Paul would later write of the Gentiles in Ephesians chapter 2. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And in a few verses later, in verses 17 and 18, And Jesus came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So, the gospel, the good news of great joy, is for the spiritually and socially distant. Jesus came that those who are far off might be brought near by his blood. He came to preach peace to those far off and near. The gospel is that we all might have access to God, it says, as Father. And friends, if you're brought near and God becomes your Father, that means that now you are a child. And those far off can now be included as part of the people of God. Those once hopelessly distant now have hope of coming near and being included as a child at the table. This, the first Sunday of Advent, we lit the candle of hope And the Gospel is that the hopeless now have hope that those far off can now be included as the people of God. Jesus has come to bring near those who are spiritually and socially distant to touch the untouchable, to welcome the withdrawn, to include the isolated. We cannot heal ourselves of our infection. We cannot remove our own masks. We cannot disinfect ourselves from our sin. So Jesus has come in His grace to touch us and to do what we cannot. Also, that we who are far off might be drawn near. This is the good news of great joy for the socially distant. And consider Jesus' very final statement to the leper who returns in verse 19 Rise and go your way, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. But, but weren't all the lepers made well? Weren't all the lepers made well? Then why does he say to this one leper, your faith made you well? Friends, could it be? Could it be that the nine lepers received the blessing, but this one leper received even more? He received the blesser, not just the blessing. Could it be that the nine received the gift but this one who returned received the giver of gifts. The nine received a physical healing, but the one in returning Jesus and clinging to Him received a deeper healing, a relationship with the Savior, salvation that can only come by faith. Friends, this is good news of great joy. This is the gospel for those that are socially and spiritually distant. We might receive a gift not just of grace, but the gift of the grace giver. That we might be filled not just once by some healing, but we might live grace-filled daily because we have the grace-giver. Friends, the good news of great joy for the socially distant is not just the gift of grace. It's the gift of the grace-giver himself. He is the gift. He is the good news of great joy. The good news is that the grace-giver has drawn near to draw us near. Friends, the gospel, the good news of Christmas is that the grace giver has drawn near to draw us near. This is good news of great joy for all people. And friends, have you received this good news as yours? This grace giver is your own. For those of you who have come here today feeling spiritually or socially distanced, you're invited to come now by grace. Don't let another day come by, but speak to me or to someone else that you saw up front this morning. For we would love to talk to you and pray with you that you might know and that you might be filled with not just grace, but with the grace giver. And church, we who've drawn near to the grace giver, we now must reach out and touch today and draw near others by the grace of Christ. Who do you struggle to touch? Who are those unclean That you struggle to reach out to? Those who voted for Trump? Those who didn't vote for Trump? Masters, non masters? Homosexual or heterosexual sinners? Sexual abusers? Abortion providers? The religiously self righteous? Friends, who do you struggle to touch? Who do you think is too far away, too distant to be saved or touched by grace? The gospel. The good news is for those that are socially and spiritually distant, by the grace of Jesus Christ, they too can be brought near. Friends, who will you touch? To whom will you reach? For this gospel is good news of great joy that the grace giver has drawn near to draw us near to Him. Who will you touch with His grace this week? For this is good news of great joy for all people. The grace giver has drawn near. And now our lives might be grace filled and we might be grateful and live a life of response that is grace filled towards others. Christ has drawn near. This is good news of great joy. How will you help make sure that it's good news for all people this season? And let's pray. Father, thank You. Thank You for the Gospel. For good news of great joy. For all people and for those who are socially and spiritually distant. Thank You that You have come that we might be drawn near. And Father, may we draw near to You. And by Your grace, may we draw others to You as well. Lord, we pray that this season You would restore hope. That You would bring peace that you would reconcile many, and that you would receive glory, honor, and praise, now and forevermore. In Christ's name we ask. Amen.